You're listening to episode 22 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is the first episode of Spotlight on Children's Author. These episodes will be featured periodically where we have the opportunity to listen in on a chat with a children's author. And for me, not only being a a well-seasoned speech pathologist, but also a children's picture book author, I'm very passionate about the importance of books in children's early years and beyond, but certainly in their early years, books are extremely valuable in terms of helping children build their language skills, their listening skills, and importantly, sharing a book in the early years interactively and making it part of the routine does provide a means for a close relationship and bond with parent or carer and their child. So there are so many benefits to introducing books into children's lives, having them as part of their regular routine to foster not just their natural love of books, um, but also healthy relationships and connections. As we already know, children's books can certainly have a wonderful impact on children to the point that they can carry through some of those messages they learn or they come across, they can carry those through into their older years um, and also into their adulthood at times. So without further ado, I'd love to get the chat started with my guest today, Robert Vescio. It is going to be a real treat for us to get to know various authors and their work during these feature episodes of Spotlight on Children's Author. So let's get the chat started. So joining me for Children's Author Spotlight is Robert Vescio. He's a published children's author who loves to read and is a self-confessed hoarder of books, especially children's books, of course. Robert enjoys writing stories and sharing his passion with children of all ages. He has a number of amazing children's picture books already published with more in the pipelines, but he will tell you more about that. He also has a couple of his picture books, Finn and Puss and Eric Finds a Way, that were shortlisted in the 2018 Children's Book Council of Australia Bilby Awards, which is a fantastic achievement. Many of his short stories have been published and he's also won awards for his children's writing. On top of all that, Robert's also worked in the publishing industry for over 12 years as a production manager and a photo editor. Robert is a books in homes role model and he enjoys visiting schools. His aim is to enthuse and inspire children to read and write and leave them bursting with imaginative ideas, which is fantastic, Robert. And of course, getting to the the very cool part is that, of course, you are a big kid at heart and you're a huge fan of Disney who loves animation and you are Sydney-based and, of course, enjoy spending time with your children who are an endless source of inspiration. Welcome to Chat About Children, Robert. Well, thanks for having me, Sonia. It's great to be here. Robert, you are a super passionate children's author. So I've got to ask, and as we were talking about before recording, you just have book after book after book that seems to just be public, like just being coming out and being released. So I'm just amazed by that. What gives you the energy? What makes you such a passionate children's author? Well, I have to, I like to write stories that help children cope with changes in their lives and to better understand their world and relationships. So many of my books address serious or topical issues such as separation, self-esteem, empathy and creativity. But firstly, you know, I want 
kids to develop a love for reading. Yes. You know, and secondly, I hope they learned something along the way. Absolutely. My intention when I, you know, I started writing was never to write self-help books for children, but, you know, we've lived life, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you pick up life lessons along the way. So you naturally employ those life lessons in your work. Yes. So yes. like for instance, my first picture book, No Matter Who We're With, that followed my separation in 2008. So it was a difficult time for myself and for my family. So I decided to write a story that would help not only my children, but other children going through the same or similar fate and, and cope with changes that are experienced when parents separate. You know, I couldn't find any picture books that dealt with this sort of issue. So I thought, well, what I know, and I thought, you know, I'd write a picture book about it myself. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes sense. And it's just so necessary in society, I feel, is just feeling a connection, which I think I could be a little bit pessimistic, but I see more disconnection going on as I've aged or I'm getting older. So Mm. I'm finding that books such as yours do really provide that level of connection that often children and adults are looking for and they're looking for that message. And you've published a number of children's picture books to date. Have you kept count of them all? (laughs) (laughs) So Boxcars was released February of this year. So that's nine. So that's nine books. Wow. Nine picture books. And I have another three that will be released this year as well. So there's three more. Congratulations. That is just huge. It is a huge achievement. It's been a great ride. Yeah, yeah, thank you. yeah. Congratulations. And I'm looking forward to reading the three that are coming up this year. I've read your previous ones and certainly am a fan, as are my children. So thank keep you. doing what you're doing. <laughs> so we mentioned briefly in the intro that your children are an endless source of inspiration. So you get your ideas from your children and from what's going on in life. Can you tell us more about where your ideas are from? Yeah, you know, like as a writer, when I'm visiting schools, I always get asked, where do you get your ideas from? You know, so I mean, yes, it helps if you have children, (laughs) definitely, you know, you observe and you start writing, you know, the ideas are there. But I think most of the time, to be realistic, you make it up. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, I think they come to you when you're bored. Yes, yes. That's what I think. And I ask myself questions like, what if? You know, like, what if? And you just basically need something just to start creating, yeah. you know, that little thing. But the idea is not the hard part. It's what comes after it. <laughs> and I it's agree. The it's yeah. the writing. I love picture books, but yeah. they're so frustrating to write. But, you know, yeah. I enjoy a challenge. I love it. So it's the process of writing one word after another to construct whatever it is that I'm trying to say and to make my story sound more interesting and new. Yes. That's the hard part. Absolutely, absolutely. So what would you say would be the key frustration in the writing process and has it been different with each book or are you finding that there's common thread through all your writing that you're like, yep, this part is frustrating or this specific thing is frustrating every single time? Does it change or is it stagnant? How does it work? It is stagnant. It's always there. You know that you've got to be careful. You don't, if you can draw it, don't write it. You know, you've got to remember that. And it's so, it's the word and you've got to be very, you know, particular and you've got to know when to, you can't go into too much detail, obviously, when you're writing a picture book. So it's, so it is, it's that word choice and it's, you know, making sure that, you know, everything's sufficient, but it all makes sense. And 
you know, you've only got 500 words to write a story that has a plot. Absolutely. It's really hard. And now I'm finding that a lot of publishers want that brought down even further. So my target now is to try and write a story in under 300 words. So I'm really pushing myself as well. But (laughs) you have to leave room for the illustrator. That's just a given. I mean, it is a picture book. So it's a marriage of words and pictures. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for you, do you have much of a visual, like when you get an idea, do you get a visual picture in your head or is it more a concept that you then explore? I think I really do get pictures in my head. So it's really funny Mm. to say that. And I do, I mean, I think everyone should do this. Mm. I do make up a dummy and I'll work with the dummy and I draw and I can't draw to save my life. I mean, I draw stick figures and I try and position my characters because, you know, every spread should be a different spread. Like it should move, you know, every spread should be different. So, you know, I've got to visualise that as well. And I think I do. I really picture what my characters are going to look like or not look like, but where they're going to be positioned and how the story is going to flow and you know, is there a different movement in the next spread? And so, yeah, it does help. I think you definitely need to have a dummy. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Good advice. Good advice. And being a picture book, I think that strong visual component is important so that you kind Mm. of are seeing it or have an idea of what it's going to look like. And I take my hat off those authors that are authors slash illustrators. I take my hat off to them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that would just be absolutely amazing to kind of go, I've got the idea and the concept and I've got the text and voila, I'm just going to actually draw what goes like, that would just be magical. So I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. And you do a lot of school visits, a lot of author visits, which is fantastic. And I look, I think we need as many author visits as possible to support our kids and to keep encouraging literacy and interaction with books and with humans, by the way. But that's just another thing that I'm quite passionate about. So in your school visits, and you've done many, many of them, I'd love to hear about whether there's been an occasion where a child has made a really funny comment or maybe an inappropriate one, I don't know. But what's been a memorable moment for you with one of your students' comments during a school visit? I would have to say one would have to be Eric Finds a Way. I was out, you know, promoting Eric Finds a Way when it was out. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's a story about standing out in your own unique way and Eric comes up with a very imaginative way to be creative. Mm -hmm. And I was asking, you know, prior to the reading, I asked students, you know, like if they like to draw, if they like to write and where they like to draw and where they like to write. And one one boy put up his hand, he said, I actually like to draw on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) That's his quiet time. (laughs) Oh, I know. And it was fantastic because everyone just started laughing and, you know, I was so relaxed and I was like, this is really good. It's, you know, he's put me in a really good spot now. You know, it was like, you know, people say start with a joke if you're really nervous. (laughs) Just did it. Yeah, it was fantastic. So it was was easy to lean on. Yeah, I love it. they kids say the funniest and cutest things. And, I mean, you know, you know, at another school I had a girl ask me, are you famous? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you're here. I said, yeah, but I'm not famous, you know. And she said, well, because you're handsome. So I was like, okay, so. It's like, <laughs> correlation. <laughs> and it was like, oh, okay, so, you know, it appears only famous people are handsome. So, you know. Well, in her world, that's the yes. way it works. Oh, that's awesome. 
That is awesome. And I think we actually get a lot of insight, don't we? You know, doing school visits, mm-hmm. you would. You'd get a lot of insight into what they think about your stories, yeah. how they would make them different. And we learn a lot about what they like, what they don't. And probably that draws more inspiration for you, I assume, would it? Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's great when they come out with some insightful comments, you know, as well. Like when I was out promoting Finn and Puss, does the right thing and then he's rewarded in the book. And one girl said, that happened to me as well. And we found it was a dog, I think it was. It was a dog and we returned it to its rightful owner. And she said, but I didn't receive an award after doing that, but it didn't worry me. It was just knowing that I did the right thing and I felt good because, and I thought, what a wise thing to say uh, for a child to say. And she said it was because how would I feel if I had lost my pet? I know. And it's like, oh, okay, you know, like this is fantastic. You know, it's like I have done something and I've, you know, I've done what I've accomplished to do. And that's it. Yeah, it was fantastic to hear that. That is brilliant. And I think absolutely, as you said, that's what you set out to do when you're writing some of this is to have that connection, to have that message. And she mm. got it, you know, as a lot of readers do, but mm. it really makes sense to them. It connects to their world. And that's fantastic. That's right. I love the insight. Love the insight. So tell me, in your opinion, what do you think makes a good children's book? And you would know because you've written many of them. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I, you know what? It, illustrations that are colourful and are full of movement, I think that's really important. Yes. I love picture books that surprise the reader, you know, by its art, you know, whether it's, you know, using humour or using a different perspective. So you're looking at something from a different angle, so like either from high or from below or close up. Yes or you mixed media, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Have you got mixed media used in any of your books coming up? Yeah, in my coming up, uh, I'm just thinking not as much, but I think Eric Finds a Way had a bit of mixed media. Yeah, yep. But everyone's different, you know, all illustrators are different, you know. It is good to have a bit of that Mm. in your book as well because kids – pick up on that as well. They notice those things. Yes. So that's exciting. And also characters that are lovable and that children can identify with. I think that's really important. Yes, absolutely. You know, the kids are our target audience, aren't they? So, you know, that we want them to read a picture book to see other kids accomplish things as well. So it's really important that relate to that character. Absolutely. I think having universal appeal as well, like, you know, it could be a a child that enjoys playing with toys or enjoys dressing up, you know, kids can relate to that. Yes, yes, yes. And also it's great to have animals as your hero as well. So we all enjoy a pug story, don't we? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, humour, if you can pull it off, you know, that helps. Yes. And repetition as well, you know, words that kids can repeat over and over again. Yes. And we want that re-readability as well. We want that factor as well. So that's really important. Yes. Yep. I agree with you 100%. And one of the things that I'd love to hear your angle on, and I certainly have my angle from different perspective, you know, the speech pathologist slash author, but book reading and fitting it into a daily routine, I think is very important for many reasons, really. But it can be a challenge for parents to fit a book reading or book sharing routine into their kind of daily events because 
I find that we're so scheduled and kids are really busy. So books are kind of competing with other things going on. Do you have any words of advice to parents who find it a challenge to get that book reading into their routines? Yeah, I think it's really important not to make it a chore, make it fun. Mm -hmm. You know, like reading aloud to children is a great way, you know, to create that connection with your child. And I think if parents are struggling, then I think it doesn't necessarily have to be a reading at bedtime. So you could do it anytime. Yep. Yeah. You know, breakfast, for instance, or maybe bath time, you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah. that could be fun. I suppose keeping a car, a book in the car. Yes. So, like, you know, traffic, <laughs> read to yep. the then, or, you know, br- take it in with you if you're going to the doctor, if you're at a doctor's surgery, read while you're waiting, you know, yes. that's another option. Why not get another sibling to read to your child? You know, yeah. that way, you know, it fosters a bond and a connection between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. And, you know, yeah. it's all about, you know, lead by example. You know, that's really important. So children can feel and they can understand your energy more than words. Yeah. So you've got to make it fun, you know, and show them that you're communicating joy and enthusiasm when reading to them rather than looking stressed and frustrated. Yeah. You know, I've only got five minutes. Hurry up. You know, I'll read this story to you. Don't because they can sense that. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to fun and it won't be, they won't enjoy that. That's that right. With you. Absolutely. And for some, it can be a relaxing thing. You know, they associate books with relaxing and winding down or just distracting from whatever is happening, as you say, in the car with traffic. Okay. Rather than going, I'm bored, let's have a look at a book. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So escaping into something and another world or something else going on within a book. And that's a great time to do it. So yeah, fitting it into those, some of those everyday routines. And that's great advice. So let's talk a little bit about your latest release. Tell us a bit about your latest release. And I know, as you've mentioned, you've got three coming out in the second half of 2019 and you had the boxcars in February. So that would be your latest? That's my latest, yes, with published by EK Books and Mm -hmm. illustrated by the wonderful Cara King. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a fun book about friendship sharing and creative, you know, problem solving. Yes. So your main characters, Liam and Kai, they're best friends and each day, you know, in the park they race around in their box cars pretending to be everything from policemen to limo drivers and taxi drivers. Yes. But one day they notice a little girl who's watching them and she wants to join in. Mm. There's, you know, only room for two. And Problem. Yeah, there's a problem. That's right. So the boys decide to share a box car, which, you know, ultimately is going to end in disaster. <laughs> However, they work out a plan that involves all three box car lovers to play together. And it's oh. quite ingenious. Yeah, it's really good. So it's fun. Fantastic. Love it. I don't like to give away too much. Can't, you know what you I'm can't. like. You've got to do the teaser, right? You've got to tease us, yeah. get us curious and interested. And then we've got to find <laughs> yeah. out how it all ends. Love it. Yeah. And yeah, and I just, the whole concept of the boxcars and just takes me back to childhood too, you know, just getting anything like a box lying around and, and engaging in that imaginative play. So love that aspect. Oh, we all, our kids enjoy the box more than yeah. what came in it. Pretty much, pretty much. So I thought that was a very, very clever way to put that together. So well done. And what have you got in the pipelines, the three that are coming up? What can you tell us about what's coming up? Sure. Window of Hope which is out in July, and that's published by Little Pink Dog Books, and it's illustrated by the amazing Janelle Halton. She's just amazing. And it's a story about a girl with a disability who spends her days indoors, 
Mm. You know, she touch her outside and it's not until a bird lands at her window and she learns how to bravely rebuild her world and give life a second chance and I'm not giving away too much. Yeah, but, yeah, but that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a story about resilience and even, you know, the wonderful relationship with animals, even with the disabilities. So beautiful. I'm not going to sit wrong with the bird. But, yeah, they sort of like there's a connection there. So it's quite Fantastic. nice. Fantastic. So that one's July. Okay. And then what's happening in August? Now, yet yeah, September. So it's going to be released September. in okay. September. It's called Under the Same Sky, and that's published with New Frontier Publishing. Mm-hmm. And it's illustrated by the wonderful Nikki Johnston. Yes. Of the work. Yes. And it's a story about a young boy who searches for the impossible, you know, a friend who he has never met and lives across the other side of the world, you know, yeah. the, the ocean. And, it, you know, it's a story about a caring person who wants to connect with another human being, you know, so... And it's all about thinking about someone else, you know, other yeah. than yourself. So yeah. like, friendship is always about touching the, the hand or the skin of another person, but it can also be touching, you know, of their heart. And Absolutely. That's what this is about. Yeah. yeah. And that's beautiful. what it's about. It's beautiful. Lovely title yeah. under the same sky. Yeah, it is. It is. It's beautiful. And in November, I've got another one out called The Voyage, mm-hmm. and that's published by EK Books, and it's illustrated by the very talented Andrea Edmonds, mm-hmm. and it's a refugee story. So it's about a girl and her family that set out on a, a voyage filled with fear of the unknown, but mm. also great hope, you know, and it's a story about the human spirit, about old and new, and it's told in very, very minimal words. Fantastic. And they're sort of, like, sort of like prompts that I hope will open discussions, like, you know, yes. for the child, you know. So it is something very different. Wow. It is a different lot of people. That's what the editor loved about it, that it was very different to what's out there. Okay. So November for that one. Okay. Now you've got me curious about them all, um, but they sound fantastic. So congratulations again, because it is a humongous achievement. So well done. And I think there's certainly a lot more school visits on the cards, I'd imagine, coming up and a lot more discussion with students, definitely. Um, yeah. But very valuable discussion on the cards. So. As a successful children's author, do you have an ultimate vision when you look at you know the present and into the future? What is your ultimate vision, Robert? I think it's always going to be, you know, to continue to do what I love. Yep. You know, um, the most rewarding part about being a children's author is sharing my stories with children. You know, not only do I create fans, but it's, it's great to see how I can make a difference in a child's life, you know. So I love the connection that you get with picture books. You know, that's why I enjoy writing them. It supports that, you know, adult-child conversation. Mm. You know, the pictures help to initiate a discussion with young children and, you know, and they can express their feelings as well. Um, visiting schools is, you know, a great way to connect with the kids, obviously, you know, to connect kids to books and it gives them an appreciation of the um, the process involved in creating yeah. books as well. Great. So they get to see that, you know. So, you know, ultimately my aim is to make readers think. Yes. You know, when I write, I'm writing for a reader. You know, I want to arouse their imagination. I want to strike a chord and provoke them. You know, that's yes. really important. So by writing what I really care about, I think, and putting my heart into it, I think really shows and that's what makes it comes alive. Yeah, fantastic. That's a beautiful vision. And, yes, and we do want you to keep writing books. 
So that's, that's a given. And on the topic of writing, just a, just a brief, like, have you got any take home messages for parents who have children that do love writing? Like, how would you suggest they kind of foster and nurture that? encourage them to try new things, you know, like challenge them to try new things, you know, tackle new projects and, um, and like, you know, start small, you know, like don't, don't push them to do too much to begin with. Like, you know, like maybe if you get them to orally, orally tell a story and then later they can write it down, Mm -hmm. doesn't, so it, it avoids that stress factor, you know, like I've got to write something, you know, well, you know, Tell me about it, like orally, you know, tell me what your story's about. And then that that way this helps them to get their thoughts down on paper. Yes. And I think it's really important. This is what I do with my kids. I regularly expose them to good writing. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> okay. good role models. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it's really important that, you know, show them what good writing really is and and it might inspire them to try and even imitate you know, those writers, you know what I mean? So, and, and, you know, always be creative. I always say that to my kids, be be creative, you know, like it doesn't have to be a story. Why don't you write it as in a diary format? Yep. Try something different, you know, or, or like a pen pal, you know, write to a friend. Yeah, absolutely. There's all different forms. Yeah. So explore. It builds their confidence and it makes them feel more relaxed. Yes. In a fun way. Yeah, I think so. We want them to enjoy it, not find it a task. So, and and keep nurturing their love for it. What about one tip for the kids who hate writing? (laughs) (laughs) Have you got one? Just one, your top one. I I would have to say um, kids that don't like writing, if they don't like to write, then there's nothing wrong with watching movies Mm -hmm. and then ideas from movies. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, like trying something different like that. Like if they don't, you know, that's just something that I'm I'm putting out there. I don't know, you know, like I've. And it is um, a bit of trial I, and error depending on the child. It is. It is. You know, there's a lot of kids, you know, they, you know, they not every child loves to write. You know, for some, you know, writing comes naturally as, mm. a, you know, but many it's it's hard and they they need to be taught. You know what I mean? But um, yeah. start off with, you know, you know, watching something or, you know, watching a movie and then from that maybe they might, it might, I don't know, it might might help them, you know, to start or to initiate, you know. And I think removing, like what you said before, kind of removing any pressure and just attempts at writing a a kind of valued to start with rather than nitpicking too much. Mm. Um, Mm. So, yeah, Mm. it's kind of opening that doorway because it can be tricky for some children for various reasons. Um, So, Robert, I am so appreciative of your time. We've had a wonderful chat about your books, about you, about all sorts of things to do with with writing and with the the lovely things that children say about your writing, which I always love hearing about. But where can listeners learn more about your books and stay up to date with your future publications? Because you do have a lot on the go. So where do we learn more? Um, so my website, so that they can get they can keep up to date there, and um, Facebook, obviously, and Insta. So that's something new for me. I mean, my kids got me into Insta. Instagram, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dad, Dad, you've got to be on Insta. You know, where everyone's on it. You know, so. As you do, I've got my kids to set me up. I'm, you know, I'm not that very good with technology. So, 
um, you know, I mean, kids and technology nowadays go hand in hand. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. They're, you've got to you've got to use their skill set to complement yours. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, Robert, it's been an absolute pleasure having a chat to you this episode. So robertvescio.com is your website. And we'll put that up on the Chat About Children website as well. And I'm really looking forward to a lot of listeners discovering your work because it's certainly worth discovering and enjoying. So thank you so much for joining me for this episode, Robert. Thanks for having me, Sonia. And thanks for your support too, really. I really appreciate it. Thank oh, you so you're very much. welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you. And what a lovely chat there to established Australian children's author, Robert Vescio. If you'd like to learn more about his books and his previous publications and the ones that are due to be released very, very soon, please do check out robertvescio.com. Coming up next episode, we will be having a chat about raising resilient children. So I'm very excited about that topic. I'll be chatting to an award-winning speaker, author and educator on the topic who is going to share with us the seven key traits of a resilient child or resilience and she will also go into just some everyday opportunities that we may not be aware of that are opportunities that we can actually start to build more resilience. So please make sure you tune in for that one. I know you'll get a lot of handy tips there. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to share it with friends, with colleagues, with family. And if you haven't already done so, please do subscribe to the Chat About Children podcast and please do leave a rating and review if you're feeling generous and would like to let me know some of your thoughts and feedback about the Chat About Children podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I celebrate you and we'll chat soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich, www.chataboutchildren.com.